morning, everybody. It's good to see you all and good to be in Armidale. Haven't been here much. Uh, I will be moving forward. And um, it's good to see you for all the men. I saw these in Tamworth There's because these went everywhere. And uh, I thought, they're giving us toolboxes. And I thought, what am I going to do with a toolbox? So I was very relieved to see lollies because at least I know what to do with that. And so enjoy, enjoy. You'll be a dad one day. Enjoy. Um, it's great to have you. Great to be with you. Hey, I just before I get started, and um, those of you who are new, it doesn't matter how I get started, I will finish on time. And so um, I just want to say in terms of your Catalyst offering, first of all, well done. And uh, it's, it's a great outcome. And I'm so thrilled that something's going to Fiji, and uh, the Fijians are dear to my heart, and uh, I don't know what you know, but for all the Fijians in the room, um, we, 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 uh, for the ACC, I oversee, for our denomination, I oversee church planning, and I meet with the Fijian leaders two or three times a year in Sydney, and uh, we're strategically planting Fijian churches in communities, because we put one in Inverell already, we just launched one in Tamworth a few months ago. We're launching them in Sydney, and, um, and so if you are Fijian, encourage you to pray, because we want to make sure we get those churches in the right places, in the right way. So uh, it's good to have you, and I just want to comment to the ladies up the back, when the golf shot went in, you cheered and you stood, and you, I'm like, I hope they worship like that in that back corner. No, I know you do. They, um, I'm like, Yes. I wish I could get a snapshot and say, this is how we will worship, even though I'm a middle-aged white guy who doesn't quite worship that extravagantly. So uh, I want to talk with you today about, um, actually, before I do, I wanted to say, uh, sorry, that's where I was leading, I got distracted, and uh, was, you know, I, when we're coming into this offering this year, um, the Catalyst offering for Armadale, my sense of it was that, you know, I think there's like a, an end of a season in terms of this offering. It's going to round some things out. And I, my, I have real expectation about our next season now. A lot of what we talked about four years ago is now a reality. And uh, my sense, the thing I was most enthusiastic about getting back to do was begin to seek God with um, Kerry and others um, around the future here. Because my sense was um, in the middle of this year that, you know, we're probably at the end of a season and, and standing on the edge of the next and... In Armidale, and so I'm excited for that. I think uh, the time will come when we can't hold this room, and and uh, as God does what only He can do to reach a generation that He knows we have to reach, and so so that's all good news to the men in the room. From me to you, I would say champion the women in your life like you never have before, and uh, uh, men tend to take care of itself over thousands of years. But uh, let's ensure that we continue to champion the women in our world as well and raise up young men who are going to be godly and uh, serve Jesus with everything. And, and may your household, may you as a man determine that whoever's in your household, that we're going to build strength and courage and conviction and scripture and life-giving faith uh, into the, those that we have influence over for, the, for their lives and for the kingdom of God. And so uh, with that in mind, let me get to this. You have influence, and, and it's creating a legacy. You already have influence, and it's already creating a legacy. My mum didn't think her life was that important, but here we are. 
I'm standing here, my brothers are wherever they are this morning, and my mum, who probably thought she had very little influence, I think has left a legacy much greater than her, and in terms of faith and life and everything that's been possible. And so, you know, you have influence and it's creating legacy. Um, I don't know who any of you go to, I know some of you did, to Shine Conference last week, right? It's, it's just a powerhouse of an event. It's generous, it's Christ-like, it's Holy Spirit-led, it's, 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 it's beautiful, it's, I don't know, it's all those things and more. And, uh, but here's the thing I noticed last week at Shine Conference, in my limited exposure hiding in the wings, was how many teenagers were serving on team. And so I'm old enough now as a pastor that there are teenagers that were pretty well born in our church that are now serving on team. And here's what struck me. I looked around, I saw, I'm like, how good is this? I love this. This is the, this is the joy of longevity. And uh, right, from right across the, the chapel, and, and, uh, and here's, here's what I saw, I noticed, was that everyone I could see that was a teenager that was serving, now there would have been exceptions, I'm sure, but everyone I saw, their parents, at least one of their parents was a serving person. They, they, didn't, they didn't capture that in a vacuum. They caught that from someone who modelled something to them and here they are making coffees, hundreds of coffees and serving on teams and leading worship and, and all the things that you do because someone has established a foundation and created a legacy for them. And you and I get that opportunity all the time, every day. You have influence, it's... Creating a legacy. So here's the question is what, what, will, what will the legacy of your influence be? And I don't know if you think about that too often. I think about that quite regularly. I was literally on a phone call yesterday going uh, with, a, with a, a business that I want to partner with churches in my other you know, roles and going, I need you to help me to help the ACC to create environments that seed the renewal of the next generation. And I don't know what you're up to, but I've asked God to give me another 30 years of energy so that we could change the landscape in one generation before I die. Uh, we want to create legacy. And, and so for you and for me, you have influence. You will create legacy. It's just whether it's by design or by default and what that legacy proves to be. And uh, so I don't know. Where's your baby? Where's your baby? Bring your baby. Is your baby in the room? You are lucky you're still going to heaven. Brodes? <laughs> But here's this beautiful little child who I adore, just this tiny, fat, little chubby baby like all babies should be, and, but the product of a mama who has a legacy of her parents, who is the legacy of her parents and is an absolute powerhouse. Now, will that child grow up and serve Jesus? Who knows? But what I know for sure is their child will have to rebel against everything good and the very word of Scripture and the drawing of the Holy Spirit to walk away from God. Why? Because there's a foundation they'll put down in life that is a legacy from generation that's been. And you and I have influence and we will create legacy. It's just a question of what that is. And, and so influence, um, the power to affect someone or something. What a God-given gift that you and I get influence. And, and it, it comes from the Latin word. thought I'd see I'm in Armidale. <laughs> the Latin word. I wouldn't use this in Tamworth. It'd be too long. <laughs> from the word influentum. 
And it's to, it, 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 that's where it comes from. The Greek, the Latin word, sorry, influentum, and it means to flow in. And your influence flows. It has a flow-on effect. And I tell you, watching Zoe and Abby this morning, good for my soul, probably some of yours. I'm like sitting, sitting there, standing there, going, how good is this? All these kids, but I know these two. And, you know, I'm like, how good is this? They are literally the, the foundation that's been laid and the legacy that flows. And here they were, and I can't imagine what it was like for their mum and dad. And so I, when I think of leg legacy, I think of it this way. Legacy it has zero to do with being remembered. Whenever I hear about legacy that's about being remembered, I'm like, who cares? Even Don Bradman's legacy has no good for him now. Legacy is not about how I'm remembered. Legacy is about what remains when we, yeah. the season's done, what remains, what can rise. And, and so legacy for you, you have influence and it's an incredible opportunity. And Father's Day is the occasion that kind of inspired this in me to go, let's talk about this. Um, but but, but it's, not, um, it's not a message just for dads. It's a message for everyone because you all have influence. Now, as it relates to dads, what an incredible, I don't know that there's a greater privilege than being a parent who gets to influence and establish foundations and legacy. A few months ago, I was um, in a different season of life, really, and I walked into my son in his room and we hugged and we often hug. My son is like his mother. He's a hugger. He would hug you all day. And so I just don't even think about it anymore. I walk in, I hug my son, say, love you, buddy. And as I was standing there, I felt like it was even the Holy Spirit said, right here is your finest work. Now, he's about to go to university next year. And as he leaves, a foundation is laid and a legacy is seated that should set him up to prosper in life and to see Jesus in eternity. Now, he gets his own choices, but right now it looks good. And so as dads, you and I get that. Uh, well, here's what I know about legacy. It's powerful in your life and through your life and through mine. So, so as we get moving, I just want to take you to the end of Moses and the beginning of Joshua. And the, you know, at the end of Moses, Moses leads Joshua and his generation, if you know the story, to the edge of the promised land. Like they're, they're one river away. And Moses' time is up and Joshua's time is emerging into its next season. And Moses, although they didn't go into the land, his legacy is that they're on the edge of promise. What a worthy use of your life to bring God's people to the edge of the promise that he appointed. And that was his legacy to the generation that remained and would rise. They go in, they conquer the promised land, they set up home, they prosper, they're blessed. They live under the God's favour. And then at the end of Joshua's life, we read this in Judges chapter 2. And I'm going to just go to verse 10 and verse 11. I just want you to know, guys, on the screen, that those slides were prepared very early in the week when the message was unformed like creation on the fourth day. <laughs> to give you time. And so if you can't follow, you'll see how much work goes on from Monday to <laughs> Saturday. And just don't go there if you don't have to and confuse people. Judges 2, two verses 10 and 11. After the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They were blessed. 
They were prospered. Everything around them was fruitful. I mean, this is middle-class Israel life in whatever year BC. Life's pretty comfortable. If they were driving cars, they had a few new cars, they had a few Audis, they had a few Peugeots for the country conservatives. And they, you know, they were just living. Life was pretty good. They had big homes on the edge of town. Life was good. Certainly a long way removed from the life that Joshua had known. But Moses delivered Joshua to the edge of the promised land and Joshua delivered the next generation to the edge of oblivion. The Bible goes on to talk about the chaos that breaks out and the decay that sets in and how life just falls apart, even though they're wealthy, prospered, and what appears to be um, materially blessed. And, and what is it? He just, they left them a different legacy. It says they didn't know God and they didn't know what he'd done. And I'm like, how is that? They're living in the land that God had given them two seconds ago, but they didn't know. That was the foundation and the legacy that the generation of Joshua left to a generation that followed. And, and so you and I get to do either of those things. We get to be like Moses and lead those around us and those in our sphere of influence to the edge of something good and then they can, something can remain and something can rise. Or we get to lead them to maybe a nice life and whatever, but to the edge of who knows what for them. And so with that in mind, I want to give you today just... Two things, I think, two things that are really you know, worthy legacies to pursue and four ways to grow their impact, and I'm going to do that all in about 15 minutes for you. So, two legacies, four ways to, to really promote them to grow their impact. Here, here they are. Here are the two legacies. Number one, win the soul. Number two, build the life. Win the soul, build the life. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. And of course, he's not, Jesus is not really asking the question. He's stating the statement, he's making a statement, isn't he, that there's no point. If you were to, you know, go to the best school and, and, and if you were to graduate that from there and go to the best university and if you live in the best suburb in the place in where you live and if you were to uh, forge a great sporting career or a great career or become Australia's leading academic or if you were to become an investment banker or have a portfolio of homes so that you never had to work another day again or if you were the most remembered person in this and esteemed person in the community of Armidale or if any other thing that you can think of. If you were to do any of that or be all of that and lose your soul, yeah. that'd be a great loss. And so the first thing in terms of the influence that I have and the legacy it would leave would be to, to win the soul. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 to 58, just to orientate us there, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Who of you is old enough to remember the movie, you know, like the day after? What was it called? Je what was it? Day After Tomorrow, where Jesus is returning. I, I, I saw it when I was seven in kids' church. It scared me, but it brought me to faith. <laughs> and the opening scene when I was a little kid is like a razor where the person has been um, um, raptured to heaven. And, uh, and this is talking quite, I don't know if it's even theologically sound, but it might be, it might not be, I don't know, but I want to be ready. Because what is going to happen is in the twinkling of an eye 
At the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, everything will change, the Bible says. The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will, we will all be changed. For the perishable will clothe itself with imperishable, the mortal with immortality. Um, and, and when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is never in vain. 2 Peter chapter 3 goes on and it talks about the day of destruction, how everything will be destroyed by fire. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. It will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed. The earth and everything in it will be laid bare. And then it goes on. And so that day is coming. And, and so as it relates to the first thing, it's just to well, I want to influence something that has a legacy that wins a soul. Next to my bed is a picture from the movie Gladiator. I don't know if I've ever showed it here. And it's Russell Crowe, Maximus, standing on a hill, about to walk down into the rich farmland of uh, the property that he lives with his wife. And, uh, but it, it's meant to be um, wherever the Romans go. And uh, once they die, and his hand, it's where that idea that you see in a million movies where the hand runs across the top of the wheat. It comes from that movie. And on it, in, next to my bed, it says, what we do in life will echo in eternity. It's good to wake up to. It's good to wake up to and go, yeah, what we do in life will echo in eternity. So may you determine, may I determine that part of our legacy is to win the soul and, and then to build the life. What a privilege it is in the here and now to build a person's Life and, 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 and I don't know about you, I'm sure you're like me. I want to build people's lives here and now. I want them to prosper. I want them to flourish. I've, I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen in my own family and people I've been close to for a long time. Um, that as they put down roots in their faith, I've seen them thrive and flourish and prosper and you know, God bless them and all those kinds of things. And, and so I want to do those two things. I always want to help people do those things. And so uh, build the life, win the soul. Here's four ways that I think are really helpful to you and I as we do this as parents and just in every sphere of life. Number one is just to be intentional. Um, get intentional around it. Like I said, I, I always create a plan for the what I want to establish and the legacy I want to leave. And um, not because I'm dying anytime soon, though I could, um, but, um, gee, I hope I'm not, just as a side note. But be intentional. Yeah, intentional around the influence you have and the legacy it creates. I do love that. I know Andy and Kerry are intentional around that. You can see it, can't you? You can actually tell that they're intentional around the um, foundation they establish and the potential legacy it creates. And so what about you? Are you intentional around that? Are you a dad? Are you, you got kids? Are you intentional around that in terms of what, what you're doing? You know, like simple things like my kid's in church. Well, you are today, so well done. My kid's in church, and I've taught my kids to tithe since they were very little. Uh, remember, I'm their parent and their pastor, so I get that cash. 
Not really. I don't get any of it, by the way. In fact, I'm paid less than most of our pastors. Um, most of my income is external. So, they, but we taught them early. Why? I want them to flourish. I want them to thrive. I want them to do well. Are you intentional around um, the influence you have and the legacy that, that it, it, it creates? And so, that's the first thought. Here's the second one. Uh, just around model something. What are you modelling? Um, what, what, what is the legacy of the life you model? What's it, what's it likely to be? We don't get to control it, but what's its influence? Because that has incredible power, doesn't it? Um, uh, you know, my weakness is that I've got a... Left to myself, I've got a wild temper. Like that's my... I used to be a redhead. And uh, I've got a temper like they famously say they do. I'm sure it's not genetically true, but whatever the case, that, that is true of me. And, and, and I've had to learn to temper that, to be Christ-like, and, and also so that my kids don't pick up on that and think that, you know, that's being an acceptable behaviour. Um, and then there are other things on the good side of the ledger that we've endeavoured to model. So, you know, Brian and I have always endeavoured to be in church. You go, we're your pastors. We modelled that before we were ever pastors. And, um, you know, and, and things like that for our kids. Our kids get to see the, the way we live our faith. They get to see us do devotions and pray and all those things. What, what are you modelling? Jesus said um, in John 13, 15, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus knew when he said this to his disciples that the effect was to establish a foundation and to leave a legacy that remains that would go on in the next who follow them and for generations to come and reach us today. And what a powerful legacy that is. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. He understood he's establishing a foundation. He's creating a legacy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 and The Apostle Paul is speaking to his protege, Timothy, and he says this, Don't let anyone look down on you because you were young. And you could take out the word young and put whatever word you want in there because you are whatever that is. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. The idea is, hey, Timothy, live in a certain way that other people can catch it. And he, and he talks and he gives us, the I think, the model for any of us. Hey, just be an example in speech. Can I shoot straight with you? I don't like it when preachers ask questions that they're going to answer, but I did it to you. <laughs> uh, some, I'll speak to all the dads. I, I don't need to know anyone to know that some dads, the way they speak in private is unhelpful to a kid's faith. You really shouldn't swear and talk about crude stuff if you do. Shouldn't speak derogatory about women if you do. Now, maybe this room is not like that, and praise God. But if you are, it's toxic to your soul, and it's so detrimental to your children, and it has a legacy you'll wish you didn't create one day. In your speech, set an example. Set an example in your speech, in our conduct. Set an example. And what an opportunity it is. I love this idea. When, when Lockie was little, I taught him to open the doors of the cars. You, know, you can judge me for being old-fashioned or old-school or whatever you want. I taught him to open the doors of the car and homes and rooms for his mum and his sisters. And I'd say to Lockie, Lockie, we're going to get you the best wife you could ever have. <laughs> 
And, um, but it really wasn't about that, of course. It was about, I don't care what anyone else does, but my son is going to be comfortable in his skin. He's going to stand tall in his confidence in who Christ is and who Christ has made him. But he's going to elevate women because he's just going to elevate. He's going to elevate the women in his world. And because uh, he won't have any problem elevating the men. Um, and, 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 and I watch him now. He's better at it than me. He's 17 years old and he's better at it than me. Uh, I'll sometimes miss it. I don't, I don't know if you're at Shine Ladies last week. You heard the real version of all the things I miss as it relates to being a husband. And one day, Bron was upset, and I'm like, Bron, just like, check your emotions, man. Just get it together. And Lockie walks in and says, how are you, Mum? You look sad. Can I help you? And uh, it's the product, right? That's who he is. I don't try to take more credit than Bron or I should. But it's partly wiring, it's partly, but it's partly what's modelled. And it, be, and it becomes powerful. And, and so what, what are you modelling for your kids? And what are you modelling life, behaviour, conduct, conversation? I know many of you do this well, faith, purity. We could almost put purity in large letters in a digital age, couldn't we? And uh, um, how, how, you, how can you model the legacy God would have you influence? And, and if you're hard at it and going for it, just keep going, keep, keep fighting for it, keep stirring that up, keep moving forward, keep... You know, influencing in the way you live your life. It's powerful and it, and it affects people. You, you just stop right now and think of someone who's modelled something for you that has shaped the way you live. I'm so thankful for the people that have shaped things in, in terms of the way I live. Even, even if you've got a bad deal in life, um, there's people who have shaped things in a good way. And my dad hasn't really been around much, that much in my life at all. But my dad is the greatest non-church-going encourager that God ever put breath into. And I'm thankful for that. He's an incredible encourager. And I just always want to live with that spirit. I want that to be something that flows out of me. Where's the gold that's been modelled to you? And let's think about the gold we would model to others. Number three, Scripture proof it. Isaiah 55, 9 to 11. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts and yours, this is the Lord, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields its seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word, so is the word of God that comes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose which, for which I've sent it. Oh, I want to leave a legacy of the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. I, I can't even do definitions justice when it relates to soul and spirit. I'm still confused. You can judge me. Um, but joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing. Nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give an account to. But the word of God is alive and active. I want to make sure that I scripture proof everyone that I can um, and establish their foundation and leave a legacy because it's going to work in ways, isn't it, that you and I never, ever could. And then number four, as I wrap this today, just seed something. Seed something in people as it relates to leaving a legacy. See something good 
uh, in people. I, I love looking at a person and just pondering and thinking about what you see in them and uh, what might be in their life and the things you love about them, uh, all of those kinds of things. What do you see when you look around? You know, what are, what are people doing? And you like the good and just seed, remind them. And you know what I've found is when you speak to something that someone does well, they tend to do it more. I can still remember being young and, and a couple of people said, Darren, there's no guile in you. And I thought, I think I know what guile means back then. And, and uh, I'm sure I went away and looked it up at that point. But you know what it did? It, it made me want to be a man of no guile more than I was. And, and isn't that true of you? Isn't that true? Oh, I, I see that you're full of integrity. That'll just make a person with integrity want to be more you know, integrous in their life. And so what do you, just seed things in people. What do you see on their life? What do you see? I'm watching Zoe and Abby this morning and, and I'm like, oh, I could just see things and go, man, look at the gift on their lives. More than the gift, because it doesn't necessarily mean they've got a gift to lead worship in the future, but just the grace of God and what happens when he anoints a heart that's open and just thinking about the possibilities because of who they are and the heart they have and the willingness to... And you want to tell people, I just told you, didn't I? I just, you want to tell people about that and go, I just see that everything becomes possible for you. And just seed things in people's lives. And what a great way to live our faith. I tell you what, it'll compel more people towards Christ as well, won't it? Just by beginning to seed all that's good and, and the future that's there. Seed possibility. Seed the good you see in people. Seed the potential. Um, seed the future harvest in terms of our conversation. I, I did that unintentionally at the start of this. You know, I'm, walk, I'm driving into the car park today. I got so excited of the idea that we, we will have a car park that you can't navigate soon, that you just can't get in. And people go, oh, we've got to park down the road. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. I hope I look forward to the day when I turn up here and I've got to park down the road because I can't get in because there's too many people that want to come to church and encounter Jesus. So whatever it is in your life. And so as we wrap today, may you continue to just take the influence that God has given you and may you buy it, create legacy that is going to win the soul and build the life in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're good? Great. Someone's coming. Who's coming? Dan. Dan is coming. Des. I might steal that one. Yeah, Thanks, mate. Cheers. We're going to continue the conversation with Des. Um, if you're new here, it's something that we often do here with whoever speaks is that there'll be a number come up on the screen in just a moment. If you've got a question... You can ask it anonymously just by texting it to that number. We'll come through here to this phone. Thanks, mate. And we'll try and get through a few questions. Thanks, Daz. Hey, mate. That was awesome. Good to see you. Good to see you. You're looking sharp, oh, brother. I'm getting old. I'm feeling underdressed. That's okay. There we go. Well, we're usually both in a black T-shirt. No, no, all right. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I wore this shirt because I thought, oh, Daz yeah, is going to be wearing this. I would have been. I didn't have one, to be honest. I had to wear a coloured shirt. I've got, I've got a question that I've been thinking of straight off the bat. Um... How can you build a good legacy and, and, and pass it on, you know, um, stuff to other people when your own foundations were, were poor underneath you? Mm -hmm. What's some sort of practical stuff? Well, you can start where you are, right? Into, I'm thinking aloud. Um, I wouldn't say... I, I had a... I would say I had like a... You know, using a biblical... Um, analogy, they, I would say at a clay foundation, you know, when I came back to faith, my mum was actually backslidden and, and my dad was, you know, gone. And 
so I wouldn't say necessarily at a great. So you just start where you can, and and I knew I I knew that I knew to encourage people. I knew that I knew how to do that, and um, and I knew to ask questions and make it about them. And so you know you can start with what's in your hand, right, and just continue to build. And um, but but I think if you go into any conversation, uh, when I go into a conversation, when I'm thinking straight, um, mostly when I go into a conversation, I have this. I have, a, I have a couple of aims, and one of them is if I leave that conversation and I don't know something new about you, I know I talk too much. So I go into every conversation. When I walk away, I will go, what, even like Kesha, who I know pretty well. I'm like, what did I learn about Kesha today? Did I learn anything? Oh, I just made that all about me. And so I think just stopping to listen and then going, okay, when I do speak, what's, what's the... What's the good, literally what I just preached, what's the good I see? What's the good, what am I thankful for? You know, like, um, um, whatever that is. And it can be anything. It can be, praise God, you're so faithful that you're here every Sunday. You know, it's like, what, whatever it is. And so, yeah, Great. don't know. So start with where you're at. That's some good practical advice. I don't. This phone does weird things when I'm not looking at it. I'm going to have to turn it back on again. How can we be intentional to encourage single parent families? That's a good mm. question. Well, I, I can do that for you because um, I come from one essentially. And uh, I, I was going to say it and I, I couldn't remember what time I got up, to be honest, and the timer wasn't ticking over. And so I wasn't sure how long I'd been. So I was like, oh, in my head. Um, so I left it out. But, but I wanted to say at one point, you know, I know it's Father's Day, but um, I grew up with a mum. And... Uh, I would say that my brothers and I are about as manly and masculine as the next guy, you know. And not that that's the measure. If you're not masculine, I, I, it doesn't really matter. Like, I, excuse my words, uh, but but what I would say is it, it's not a defining factor. I know that statistically it is, and that's the truth. Um, but you, you, I wouldn't get worked up about it. Yeah. Like, put them around great great men, yeah. and uh, and you you do you do what you. Everything you can. The best thing my mum did for me was model to faith. She backslid for a few years, but model to faith. When I came back to faith, the thing that caused me to press pause was I knew that if you live for Jesus, you really lived for Jesus. And that was from my mum. And so, so that was like, so when I came back to faith and got started, two seconds, I was 1,000% in because my mum. So you're not at a disadvantage. It looks different. I know the stats. I know the data. But you've got Christ, and, and, and if you've got Jesus, you just, you just put the right things down. And uh, I, I commend every single parent who drags their kids to church every week because it's not always easy when there's one of you. I know when our kids were little, Bron would often be on band in old school Wednesday night church. And, um, um, and we were still doing it when everyone stopped. It was not, it's not because I'm 100 years old. And, and uh, I wasn't the pastor yet. And just, sorry, just started being pastor of... It's tiny little church, and Brom would lead worship, and I'd have our three little kids, like, and she'd we get in the car and she'd say, "Oh, how powerful is the Holy Spirit?" I go, "I didn't know he was there. I, theologically, I knew, you know, theologically, I knew he was there, but, but I had three little kids, and I was just going, it's just like, oh. but for us, it was like this is our foundation. We're here, because I remember being under the pew. I remember sleeping there, and uh, so when I come back to church, I've never asked the question. In, like ever, will I go to church? Mm. It's just a question if I can't. Mm. 
like I'm sick or I'm in the Sahara Desert, you know. And in fact, there was a week last year when uh, something happened in our church, uh, some of you know, and there was a week where I couldn't go to church because of something that was going on for one week. And so I got in my car because our Bendemir has a Bendemir has a church in its service in the afternoon. I got in my car. I drove half an hour up to Bendemir. I broke into the church building. I grabbed myself communion. I played worship and I worshipped Jesus. And uh, the only reason I didn't preach a sermon is because I was preaching to myself. And and I still had church. Now you go. That's ridiculous. Maybe, maybe. But but um yeah. It's like let's do this. Let's build a foundation. All right. We got three minutes. We're done. I think you shared a picture of a child under a sleep in a pew and encouraged people to bring their kids to church. Yeah. And, and, and that matters. You'd be glad you did, right? And it was this really amazing, deep, profound thing, but I didn't read it all and I just replied, Yeah, I'm allowed to sleep in church. <laughs> Can I make one last comment on that in case we run out of time? <laughs> I'll tell you what we never did do, um, and I don't know if this helps you or not. I remember seeing Steve Irwin. They asked Steve Irwin, did, they take, did he take his kids with him ever? Was it hard? And he went, oh, yeah, we're all in this together. Yeah, I thought, brilliant. Right. Yeah. His kids didn't resent that Steve Irwin was travelling everywhere. Yeah. His kids understood that this was a journey we're on together. Yeah. And I went, oh, I'm going to do that with church. Because I heard a lot of parents go, oh, church and family. I'm like, when did you make them enemies? Yeah. The only person I know making family and church and enemies is the devil. And, yeah. and so, so they're not enemies. Yeah. They're just a small part of our week. They're priorities. Yeah. And so, yeah, so anyway, all right, yeah. moving on. Last question. Last question. Thank you. <laughs> We've got that. Well, we all have and we're... <laughs> Received the eyeball from the pastor and the breathe in. Last question. All right, hey. oh, Here we go. Sorry, the phone keeps blocking out. What, what encouragement would you give to those men who feel that burden of responsibility so strongly to the point that they constantly feel like a failure? Yeah. Oh... I recognise it on any day like today or Mother's Day or any day and when you talk about legacy and all of those things that there are people going to feel like that in every room. There's never a room you... And, and I think um, all you can do is build from where you are. you just got to... Have you made mistakes? I've made mistakes too. I, I worked too hard. I, I wasn't around for the early years of my kid's life. I just... Man, I was just... And I made errors, and I'm still making errors, and you'll make errors. But if you've really, really done it in what you consider a failure, all you can do is there's God's grace, and uh, you just need to apply it to your life and draw a line in the sand and go, what am I going to do moving forward? And that's what we all do. And that's what his mercies are new every day. And, and there's time. Time's your friend. And, and the Holy Spirit's at work. And, and uh, so, yeah, that'd be my advice. And with that, we're a wrap. All right. All right. Thank you, Daz. Can you pray us out? Sure. And uh, hang around for pies. Yeah. Oh, pies. Why don't you stand you with me it? and we'll pray. Yeah. pray. Come on Thanks now. to all the kids. If any, Oh, they're all out of the room. How good were they? they were, um, that, was, that first song was unbelievable. Righto. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for every dad in the room. Lord, we do just pray for everyone feeling um, weight and grief and failure. Um, we know that anything related to guilt is not born of God and it's not from you, Lord. And so we just commit each man to you that, that's feeling any of that in any area and just pray today 
for your breakthrough and they'd understand your grace in this moment and, and they'd get, Lord, that you've, you've got it. You've got them, you've got the future, you've got their kids. And Lord, for everyone in the room, I pray for our influence that we possess. Open our eyes to see the influence we have, uh, Lord, and uh, may you stir our hearts for the foundations we'd build and the legacies we'd create. And so with that, Lord, I commit everyone to you. May your blessing and favor be upon each one, your Holy Spirit leading us, your word speaking to us as we step out into a brand new week, Lord, full of God-given purpose in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. 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 God bless you.